If you've been following me for a while, you'll know that studying the Jungian archetypes has been such an integral and favorite part of my journey in both my personal life and professional career. When we connect with our inner feminine archetypes, we can discover the truth about who we are, what drives us, and what has kept us stuck in repeating patterns. Whether you identify more with the lover on one day or the wild woman the next, What is certain is that every archetype lives within us and is activated at different stages or periods of our lives. But wouldn't you just love to know exactly which primary archetypes you're embodying the most right now? This is why I've put together a free assessment for you to take where you will discover which of the seven divine feminine archetypes you are currently working with and embodying the most in your life. You'll learn exactly how to work with that archetype, how to evoke that archetype to achieve your highest potential, and which archetypes you have left in the shadows and where your healing work really lies. The assessment takes less than seven minutes to complete with a full report waiting for you right at the end. So to access that and get your full report now, Follow the link in the show notes or head to melwells.com slash archetypes report to receive yours and let me know which archetype you're embodying the most right now. Hello, you beautiful, beautiful humans. Welcome back to Love, Sex and Magic with me, your host, Mel Wells. Today's episode, I am joined by my bestest friend. So excited to have this conversation with Alex. So for those of you who don't know Alex, Alexandria Wombwell-Povey is an empowerment coach and business mentor for female entrepreneurs. Her mission is to reignite the spark within thousands of women to reconnect them with their true desires and make their dream life their reality. Her coming home began following a breakdown she experienced in her corporate career as a broker. Her breakdown became her breakthrough as she realized just how unhappy she was with the life she'd created. She ripped up the rule book, left her corporate job and decided to create her own path. She has since then been featured on the BBC, in Balance Magazine, and more as an inspiring entrepreneur, in addition to being shortlisted for the Young Entrepreneur of the Year and Startup Business of the Year, as well as taking part in Dragon's Den. If you have dreams of either starting your own business in no matter what industry that is in, or if you really have a deep calling to become a coach, this episode is for you. We talk all about business building, leaving our nine to fives, creating a life of freedom, and so, so much more. Alex! Hey, babes. Welcome to Love, Sex, and Magic. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm really excited. I feel like this has been such a long time coming as well. I know, it really has. I'm so happy that we got to do it in person rather than on Zoom. Yeah, 100%. Because when we first started planning it, it was like, it was going to have to be on Zoom. I think when we first started planning it, we lived in the same house, but we (laughs) We were were too busy just like living life and then being like, oh yeah, we need to do that. And then... Yeah, yeah, never happened. So, so a little backstory. Yeah, and like reasons why we're living in the same house. Oh yeah, I should probably explain. So, that. <laughs> so like Alex and I, Alex is actually my best friend, and we have lived together all over the world. And I would actually, honestly, say 
our friendship means so much to me that it's it's so special to me and it's really like a family friendship you and Jake both feel like my sister and brother and we've spent so much time together we've literally even lived in the same house together for like a number of months like adopted our dogs who basically are obsessed with each other yeah yeah (laughs) so we did Mexico Costa Rica then Miami we've lived together yeah and now I'm moving to Austin and I'm hoping that you're gonna follow (laughs) you're coming too right (laughs) I love that I'm already nearly crying (laughs) I actually love you so much you're my best friend in the world and I'm so grateful for our friendship and just like even doing like the quick run through of everything we've been through together it's just insane and Mm -hmm. I think we're so lucky to have had that experience like living together and I know we said it before but I think to come out with a stronger friendship from it and not have you know what can happen when you live together you know like little things can start to turn into these big things but for us still to be following each other in fact I've got to tell this story this is hilarious so when you first said about moving to Austin yeah in fact I don't think it was Austin at the time I think you were thinking about LA yeah and we were sat at, it was, I think it was my birthday, we were all sat at the table together. Yeah. And um, Jake just like looks around, kind of looks a little bit deflated for a minute. And he was like, so when are we moving? <laughs> like, he didn't even like put up oh a fight. God. He was like, so when are we moving as well? Yeah. Like, and then literally the next day it was like, so we've been looking at like rentals in LA for like the last whole, the last day. <laughs> Jake sent me a list of like 10 properties. I was like, oh my God, babe, we've still got to November at the very least. Yeah. This is January for context. Yeah. So but, um, find yourself a best friend who will follow you around the world. Yeah. But you can just always stay in the same country. Yeah. So that's something that I really think is a great place for us to start because like, how blessed and lucky we are to have created businesses and lifestyles that allow us to travel and be free and have this choice of like, where shall we move to? Where shall we go to? Because when we moved out to Tulum, it was, so the reason that I moved out to Tulum was, I was in London, mm-hmm. we'd gone into lockdown, we were already planning to move to Costa Rica, but Costa Rica borders were closed. Yeah. So we basically looked on the map and we were like, where's the closest place to Costa Rica that we can get to? So we moved to Mexico. This is me and my ex. I feel like I also messaged you about this as well. I feel yeah. like things were already in, at work. You did. Like, I remember saying, like, Tulum's open. You yeah. could go to... You planted yeah. the seed. You were like... Planting it all. Tulum is open, you know? Because mm. everywhere, it felt like everywhere in the world had been locked down. I think everywhere else was locked down. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, do you ever just, like, look at your life and you're like, oh, my God, like, I can literally live anywhere around the world as long as yeah. I have an a internet connection... Like, how does that feel? And like, could you ever have imagined that, like, you know, five years ago or six years ago? No, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Like, I still have moments constantly where I feel like I need to like pinch myself. I'm like, oh my God, is this my life? Like, is this actually real? Like, I get to just do this. And like, you know, we always are planning trips or we've got things coming up and I get to have so much flexibility to do that. You know, this summer I've got friends getting married in Europe and here, there and everywhere. And I just get to say yes without it even being something that I have to overthink out. And I remember when I was sat in my corporate job five years ago, you know, thinking I was scrolling Instagram and seeing people traveling and doing all these things. I never, ever thought truly that I would actually manage to do that. I always thought maybe there'll be something else. But I didn't realize how good it could be or how amazing it would feel to have 
just so much freedom and so much flexibility. And I think that's actually one of the biggest things. Yes, it's the freedom. Yes, it's the flexibility. But it's actually getting to say yes and get to do things with your friends and with your family or whoever it may be. And just not have to like worry about it too much, you know, not have to think, yeah. will work, give me this time off. Like, can I make this work? Like you yeah. said, as long as there's internet, <laughs> that is the one thing I'm still relying on. But like, yeah. as long as there's internet, good to go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And like growing up, like the way that you grew up, like the role models that you have, that you used to have, did you have anyone that was kind of showing you this kind of lifestyle? Did you have anyone around you that was like, growing businesses, making good money, having freedom, helping people? Like, who were your inspirations back then? Honestly, it was it was kind of like a mixed bag. So my mum did property, so she had a certain amount of flexibility. She gave that up to a certain extent when I was kind of young. So I think I was like six or seven, maybe. So I can't quite remember the timeline. Um, but I remember going to her to rental properties all the time and she'd be like doing all these things. I basically sat there like, I am so bored right now. <laughs> um, and then my dad, he kind of started his own business, but it was very corporate still. So the role model that I saw from that was just very corporate. It was, mm. and more specifically working in finance. And the more that I saw this, the more I had this belief system that, the only way to create abundance is to work in certain industries and that is the way that you do it. Like, I don't remember, I don't think I even really registered that my dad was really running his own business in a way. I think it was more, he works in finance. Mm. He goes to the office. Right. That's that, you know? Goes to the office, yeah. comes home at the end of the day, yeah. clocks in, clocks out, Yeah. and we have a nice house. Yeah, ex <laughs> exactly, and that's what it was. And I think I was also super aware that my parents didn't have that. They've worked really, really hard. Like, you know, my, my sister moved house 17 times when she was growing up because they would go to a house, do it up whilst they lived in it, flip it, move all the time. So I think I had this sense of being like super grateful that that was a possibility. But also I think I kind of then wrote in the story that it's it's hard work, you know, mm -hmm. it has to be hard. And I think I can kind of took those role models and made that my story. And even my school, you know, I, I, this is why I'm so, I know you're the same, but like, this is why I'm so passionate about school systems having to change. Yes. But I remember the school I went to, everyone went to university afterwards. There was like no other thing that you did. I remember, yeah. Yeah. And I remember um, two guys came back and they'd done a gap year. And even the idea of a gap year in my school was like, <gasps> Like, are they okay? Did they fail their exams? Like, are they okay? Literally, it was like, what happened? It was like, had, you know, had they fucked up, basically? Like, wow. why did they do this thing? Not, maybe they wanted to take a year and have an adventure, you yeah. know? So even just, I remember these two guys, they came back and did this presentation. It blew my mind, you know, that they hadn't mm. just followed this path. I was so on, this is the path, this is the way to do it. Mm. And did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit? Because you've built two businesses now mm. that are both that have both thrived. Mm. Did you always feel like the entrepreneurial path is my way? I think the creative path was my way. So like mm. I was always super creative. I remember my mum saying like, um, there'd be things on Blue Peter and she was like never the one to be like, I'll get all the, th the perfect things to do it. So I'd go around the house like finding things to like make it in some kind of way. So I think I was always like creative in that way and resourceful. Um, but I do remember I always used to say to my dad I was going to buy him a Ferrari when I was older. Oh, <laughs> so like, haven't yet bought him the Ferrari, but I think I had that like energy in me of like, 
watch me. Like, yeah, I'll do something. Yeah, mm. I love that. Mm. And so tell us about the first business that you that you started, because yeah. I know that you spent some time in the corporate world. Yeah. But you also had this health food business. Yeah. Before you started doing the business that you do now. So can you kind of yeah. take us back and tell us that story? And yeah. I also want to hear like, what, like, how did someone like you then end up in the corporate world? Yeah, I think there wasn't a, it's really strange. Like I was on this path of like super high achieving, like get good grades, go to university, do all the things. I was doing all the things, but there was always this like other like kind of rebellious side to me. So I remember there was one point where I was 21. I ran off to a yoga ashram in Northern Thailand and I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> just rewind. What did you just say? Literally, so I'm I'm like on the straight and narrow, get my good grades, go to good university, I've done my degree. I'm like, right, I'm going to go do a business master's because I still, I'm not sure what I'm going to go do with myself. And I was like, business master's seems practical. Um, but in between I had a gap and I was trying to work in an office. I, honestly, oh my, I can't even put into words. Remember there was bars on the windows of this office. Wow. To stop people breaking in. And I remember standing, to stop people escaping. Stop people. Yes, this is it. This is the exact thought. So I'm stood there at the photocopying machine. Like this is so stereotypical. I'm sat there photocopying, just being like, my life can't get any more boring right now. Mm. Looking at the bars on the window, thinking, is this actually to stop me getting out? Because yeah. I would do anything to get out of here right now. So my escape plan was went on Google, found some ashram in Northern Thailand that did yoga teacher training, and I was like. I'm going to run off to Northern Thailand for a month and become a yoga teacher trainer. Of course. Well, yoga teacher and do my yoga teacher training. So ran off to the ashram. But I'd like have these like moments, but then I wouldn't trust it. I'd be like, no, 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 that's not a career. No, 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 you can't do that. So then I came back, started my corporate job. Long story short, I had a massive breakdown after two years. Like just seemed to come out of nowhere. Was on the train, started to cry. I was like, Sunday scaries. By Monday, I'm going to be all good. Monday, I'm a complete wreck. Mm. <laughs> so I'm like, throw a sickie by tomorrow, which I'd never done either. Like, I was good girl through and through. By Tuesday, I'm like, okay, it'll be fine. Tuesday, I wake up. I'm a wreck. I'm like, I gotta I gotta do something. So I went to the doctor. Didn't know where else to go. What, what do you do when you start manically crying out of nowhere and you, mm. you feel like you can't drag yourself to work, you know? You're like, I didn't even know where to go. Yeah. Um, Went to the doctor and he was like, you, you're overstressed. You need to, I'm going to sign you off work. You can't go into work for the next couple of weeks. And I was like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 like give me a tablet, do what you need to do. But like, I need to show up at the office this week. And he was like, no, <laughs> I'm signing you off work. You are not going in and you can't contact them and you're not allowed to work. And it was that real, that was almost like the more crushing moment because I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. I couldn't just sweep everything under the rug. I had to actually face everything. And um, it was in that time that I basically realized I needed to burn everything I'd built to the ground. Like everything that I'd built on this house of cards, I just had to let it all go. Mm. And I had to just rebuild my entire life. And that's where the health food business came from. I think it was less of um, like a calling, so to speak, it was more, I was on the floor and I was like, I don't know where to go from here. I need some something to grip onto right now. And I was sat listening to Pippa Murray who ran Pippa Note, which is like amazing, not that's a company. And I was like, no one makes chia jam. Maybe I'll make chia jam. And I just clung to this idea. 
<laughs> and I was like, this is my way out. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of went And you did there. it. Yeah. You did it and it got into Whole Foods yeah. and a bunch of other amazing supermarkets in the UK. Yeah, that was a wild journey. Like, I've never made jam before in my life. <laughs> I went home <laughs> and I was like, right, I'm going to make all these different versions, made all these different versions. So I'd make it in my kitchen. And um, I, I think it was just sheer will and determination, honestly. Like, I was making it in my kitchen deliciously Ella picked up on it and then we were stocking her delis wow and then from there we got Whole Foods and then Selfridges and then Ricardo and Horn Barrett and then we had a manufacturer and all these things and it all just kind of I think it was the biggest thing that I took from it was like literally anything is possible mm. like if I can go from making jam in my kitchen not having a clue what I'm doing to having this national brand and a manufacturer and all this like amazing things happening like truly anything is possible. Wow, incredible. Mm. And how did you, because now you're in the coaching space. Now yeah. you are doing business coaching and life coaching. Yeah. What? Why did you decide to go from like a product-based business to a service-based business? And like, because yeah. the two are completely different. Yeah. So what I love about you is just your faith in yourself. You're just like, I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a jam company, <laughs> right? I'm going to go to an ashram. <laughs> and this is why I think we're best friends because we just have these ideas and then we're like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. This is so and like, true. You say, you say like, oh, I didn't think that I could. But I'm like, I think you knew. You 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 have an innate trust for yourself. Mm. Because you have this idea that a lot of other people would be like, what is she thinking? Like, that's mm. so random. That's so wild. That's so crazy. And a lot of people would have that idea and be like, oh, one day, stick it on the vision board. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm going to do that now. <laughs> This is so true. I can see yeah. this energy in both of us yeah. so clearly. Like, we'll talk about one something one day, and the next day in the WhatsApp group, you're like, so, I've done this, this, and this. Yeah. And actually, I found that We this. start doing it straight away. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the question was now. Moving, <laughs> me neither. We were talking about you moved from yeah. this, the product-based business oh, into, into the service-based industry. Yeah. Um, why? Okay, so... In the background to this, like I struggled on and off with like depression, anxiety really badly since I was 17 was the first time I remember it actually being like diagnosed or having it like actually acknowledged. So I was like fully medicated for it as well from the age of 17. And there was a point in my life, I mean, this is another kind of extreme story, but basically I'm living in Australia, I'm doing my business master's. I'm on this super high dose of antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication it's knocked out my anxiety, but it's also knocked me out. Like yeah. I feel so disconnected. For example, I can't orgasm. I mean, what? Loads of people the don't talk about this. Does that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Honestly, that first <gasps> orgasm post medication was insane. Oh my but god! Yeah, you, it I had no idea. Yeah, so it like literally like I was so numbed out that I just couldn't. Yeah, it would stop the anxiety, but I was also in this really weird space. Yeah. So. I reached a real low at that point as well. There was actually a point there where I took an overdose, like things got really, really bad. And I remember after I took the overdose, I went to my doctor and was like, this medication isn't working. I can't take this. Like, it's clearly not working. Look, look what's just happened. It's not working. And I remember them being like, no, you can't come off it. You need to stay on it. This is exactly why you need to stay on it. Wow. And um, I did something that I obviously do not recommend, but I took myself off the medication, which can be a bit of a wild ride anyway, because you get, again, something I didn't know. I had really bad withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. But going through this whole journey, I was like, there has to be another way of looking at 
my depression and my anxiety and helping myself in a more holistic way. Mm. And I think that was twofold. I think the first thing was like recognizing where my life was out of alignment, which is everything that happened with my career. But the other thing was like the health and the holistic side and the personal development side. So I started getting all these books. I started changing my diet. I did all these things to try and support myself. And I think as much as the the health food business seemed kind of random, I think that's where that came from. I realized how much of an impact how you're treating your body and what you're putting into it can have on you Mm. mentally as well as physically. So I had that element and I had this personal development element as well, where I was like, I can see actually how meditating is helping me, how leaning more into my yoga practice and reading all these motivational books I'd never come across before. And I came across IIN, which I know you studied that as well. And it just seemed like a dream come true. It was like, health coaching and life coaching basically combined. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I've already got this health food company. I'm gonna do this training to support me in helping people. Cause like the health food company was never just about the jam, you know? It was about like, how can I help people live this more amazing, vital life where they feel Mm -hmm. alive? So I was like, this is gonna be an amazing tool where I can help people more with that. But the more I dived into that, the more I was like, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not even meant to be doing this product-based business. Like, I'm definitely meant to be doing this. Like, this is the thing. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think I think it was that moment of realignment again. I think everything is so easy, isn't it? Like, we'd love to have these A, B points that are just really clear. Like, yeah. I went from here to here, but my story's not like that. No, you know? it nobody's jumps, is. No, yeah. it jumps here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And it's like a constant recalibration and a constant realignment. And one of those moments of realignment was like, okay, I'm meant to work for myself, but not doing this, you know? And the business as well, product-based businesses are so operational at a certain point, was not a turn on. (laughs) It's a whole different vibe. Whole different vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, yeah, IIN was also the place where I started out Mm -hmm. and we actually have a link in the show notes if you are interested in IIN because... I'm actually a partner with IIN, so you can get Amazing. a huge discount on your tuition if you decide <laughs> you want to follow this a similar path and sign up. So I'll include that in the show notes. Guys, we didn't even plan this. We didn't even plan this. This is natural. You're welcome, IIN. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now, let's just like skip forward to now. Mm-hmm. Because now you're not just coaching people on lifestyle and health and alignment you're Mm. also helping women start their dream businesses yeah and I know that just like lights you up from the inside out because you're getting to see all these women rise up take control of their lives have that kind of freedom like how does that make you feel emotional again keep crying (laughs) this week um I think it just makes me think of like those clients like those stories where I've had quite a few clients, for example, where they've been a threat of redundancy or they've been made redundant and they've had this real dark before the dawn moment. And now I just look at the lives that they're living. So many of my clients, in fact, loads of them live in Tulum now. <laughs> like, Brilliant. Like, loads of my one-to-one clients are living in Tulum right now, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, they're living all around the world. They're getting to create lives of freedom. They're having all this abundance. Mm-hmm. But most importantly as well to me like they're having a ripple effect through what they're doing Mm. so it's not just their life that's changed it's their life their family's lives their clients lives like it's having this incredible ripple effect that's moving out so I honestly think there couldn't be anything that would give me more job satisfaction Mm. than than what I get to do which is help women create these epic businesses and as part of that create epic lives 
So beautiful. Mm -hmm. And you are such an incredible business coach. And um, Alex, for those those who have no idea, Alex is also a coach inside the Queendom, which is my mastermind for, for upcoming entrepreneurs and leaders and she is incredible um so yeah thank you for all of that by the way (laughs) I love being in the queendom the queendom's such a vibe the ladies are such a vibe honestly it's like a complete joy yeah so for someone listening to this podcast that's like in that nine to five Mm -hmm. they got there they found themselves there because they thought it was the only option they really want to start a business they really want to be helping people they want to change their life they want the freedom But maybe they feel like, well, I don't have the money to start a business. I don't have Mm -hmm. the money to like hire a coach. Mm -hmm. Like, or maybe I don't have the time. What is your advice for people that just feel like they're they're trapped? Honestly, I think the majority of people don't have the time or have the money to start a business. You know, I did not have the time or the money to start a business. So much of my business was funded through depop and promo work and all these any kind of job I could get my hands on you know depop is like reselling used clothes yeah de- right away everyone yeah reselling <laughs> used clothes so basically anything that I could find to sell nothing was safe even Jake's stuff sometimes he was like get <laughs> your like where did my jeans go literally it was honestly it was awful I was like anything I was like are you done with that like let's sell it like let's that like is hilarious. oh yeah like I was like doing everything and anything so I totally understand and I totally resonate when people say I don't have the time, I don't have the money, but I also think, you know, the excuses we argue for are the ones that we get to keep. So the longer that you stay in that story, the longer you're going to stay stuck there. So it really becomes a case of making time, you know, how can you do an hour before work? How can you do an hour after work or before the kids wake up or after the kids wake up? You know, I work with a lot of mums as well. And oh my God, those women are superheroes, but they make it work. They find the time, you know, it's not someone waves a magic wand and suddenly all this magic time appears. Unfortunately, life is rarely like that. And the same goes with money. You know, I had to have a radical conversation with myself as well about a lot of the ways I was spending money and it's amazing now I'm saying, oh, I get to say yes to friends so much. That means so much to me because for such a long time, I said no. For a really long time, I was the person who would say no to going out for dinner or I couldn't go on that trip. And I'm not advocating for that necessarily either. I'm just saying that I had to prioritize where my money went. And I think it's it's so easy just to, to lean into, I don't have time or I don't have money. Mm. But when you actually stop and say, hang on a minute, if I actually shifted a few things around, how could I make this work? Mm. If I actually gave this all my fire and all my energy for the next three, six, 12 months, how much extra time could I find? And it's amazing that when you actually look at the opportunity rather than all the obstacles, little pockets appear. You know, I'm studying this year, you know, you've done the qualification. It is so time intensive. I do not have time for it. But I find pockets of time, you know, I... I'm looking forward to this weekend spending my Saturday studying, you know, you, you can make things work. I think so much of it is just about being willing to find and it, it not being perfect either, you know, instead of waiting to find this completely free day or this completely free week, mm. being like, cool, I got 20 minutes. I can write an Instagram post then yeah. or I can send some emails out on my lunch break. That was the other thing. I used to do so much on my lunch break, you know, take my full lunch break go to the Starbucks next door. It sold tea that was like the cheapest thing you could buy. And I would sit on my laptop and I'd just like go at things. Yeah. I think when you want something, you make it work. And when you're really connected to the why that you want that, then you just figure it out. 
you find a way. You just figure it out. Yeah. You know? And I think if you if you don't really want it or if you're not connected to the reason why, you just think that looks nice. You're not going to find those times. You're going to find those excuses instead. A hundred percent. I think it's if you're not connected to the reason why, but also if you're waiting for someone to save you. Exactly. And yeah. I think I, if I'm being honest, I spent a lot of my life waiting for someone to save me. You know, I just thought things were going to start to magically appear in my life or mm-hmm. things were just going to unfold. And even when I started coaching, I was like, oh, like, I'm sure someone will realize I'm an amazing coach and just start to work yes. with me, you know? That's totally like the maiden, the maiden archetype, which yeah. is like waiting for the prince to come, waiting for, waiting to be discovered, yeah. waiting for someone to choose you in, until she realizes, wow, like, I'm the one. I have to choose myself. It's yeah. time for me to step into my queendom and my power and stop waiting for someone else to just come along and make it better. Yeah, and you know, I think that's hard for women. I think we all watched Disney growing up and we all have the stories of the prince coming in and coming to save you. And I think even though it's hard for me to admit, I think there was part of me that thought, well, I'm sure one day it'll all work out or I'll, you know, my husband will be earning more than me or this will happen or this will happen. And, you know, actually realizing like we get to be our own saviors. We get to be the person that creates these things and how empowering that is. It really like, it's exciting that we get to do that. Hey guys, just want to briefly interrupt this episode to tell you about Yoni Pleasure Palace. The Yoni Pleasure Palace is where I go to for all of my sensual and self pleasure practice needs from yoni eggs to crystal wands. So today I want to tell you about this brand new addition, this gorgeous golden G-spot toy. It's going to help you have deeper orgasms in your self-pleasure practice. I highly, highly recommend. Head over to yonipleasurepalace.com. Use the code MELISSA to get 25% off your entire order. That is the best discount you're going to find online. Um, You're going to have such an incredible time with these toys. It's going to add so much more to your self-pleasure practice. All right, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, and I'm curious to hear if you see that same pattern sometimes play out in the coaching space, Mm. right? Because you see a lot, you have a lot of clients, you have a lot of people in your container. And, um, you know, do you feel like people are kind of wanting to, wanting someone to come along and say, here are all the answers, Mm. you know, here's how to do everything step by step by step. Because personally, anytime I've ever worked with someone that has given me the steps, mm-hmm. I've followed the steps and I've and it hasn't worked. Mm. It, the only time that it's worked has been when I've taken their steps, taken inspiration, and then done my own done my own thing, trusted myself, trusted my intuition. Yeah. And I think, you know, I have to take responsibility as well, because I think I'm also part of not necessarily purposefully, but I do think sometimes people are seeing coaches on Instagram and seeing what's happening and business coaches saying, well, I can give you these steps. And they're just taking that as like, it's like a plug and play. As in, I literally just plug this in and then I get this out the other side. And I think it's really important that people remember to bring themselves in. And, you know, when you say that, what I hear is like your intuition coming through and your innate guidance and your innate creativity and your innate wisdom, like allowing that to flow through. And I do think there can be, I have come across it where it's, you know, oh, but I did this, this and this and it didn't work. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you know, did you try this? What about this? And like, 
what can you learn from next time? I think that's the other thing, like moving away from this. This is something I've been talking about so much recently and I'm so passionate about is moving away from this instant win kind of mentality. And like, oh my God, it's amazing when you have those moments of quantum leaping. You know, I've had it in my business. I've had clients have it in their businesses. But I think sometimes we forget the beauty of the growth and the journey to get there and how much wisdom comes from that and how much personal healing comes from that as well mm -hmm. you know if you've ever had a failed launch like the personal shit you have to work through that comes mm -hmm. up when your launch is bombing is real you know yeah and that's really valuable so valuable you know and it's not just valuable for your business it's valuable for you as a person those lessons that you learn you get to ripple out across your life and your family and your friendships and your relationships like mm. it's so valuable and I think it's moving away from this mentality of like, I did something once and it didn't work, therefore I'm gonna give up and everything's just going to shit to, yeah. okay, I'm in this for the long haul. This is a journey. This is like a marathon, not a sprint, you know? How mm. can I integrate these lessons? How can I look at these parts of myself that, self that's coming up? And how can I still build something for the long term mm. rather than just, oh, that didn't work once, I give up. Yeah. Yeah, and building a business really is a personal growth journey. You're going to do a lot of shadow work along the way. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And we have to embrace that. You know, every time something comes up that's like been a challenge, been a failure, because trust me, there's plenty of them. <laughs> yeah. We get to look at that, you know, and we get to work through that and we get to heal that and we get to evolve from that. And you're right, I think there is sometimes a mentality of like, how can I how can I get from point A to point B as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. And the universe is not gonna do that for you, yeah. right? Because you're meant to learn certain lessons along the way. Mm -hmm. You're meant to heal and grow in a certain direction. And I think when you when you come into this industry, you have to really be willing to commit to like, I'm in this for the long game and I'm in this for the marathon and not come into it with like a sprint approach. Yeah, 100%. And I think even building upon that, it's actually an honor that we get to do this, you know? It's an honor that we get to build businesses and have all this stuff thrown up for us. Because mm -hmm. we could be going about our lives living the same patterns without ever actually really facing this stuff. I think the fact that we get to build a business and also go on this intense healing personal journey that's we're so fortunate you know it's mm -hmm. actually an opportunity it's not it's not something negative you know yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. so what advice do you have for someone that's starting out as a new coach in this space mm -hmm. whether they're coaching on love or life or anything mm -hmm. in terms of like growing their business what advice do you have first one and I hate to say it because I hated this advice when I started my business was like know who you're serving, like know what your niche is, like know exactly who you're serving and how you're serving them. And not just know what tools you're using. Like one of the biggest mistakes I see newbie coaches doing is like saying, I'm an EFT or I'm, um, I do hypnosis or whatever it may be. You know, that is an amazing, and these are all amazing tools, but the person who's coming to work with you isn't coming to you because they're a massive EFT fan necessarily. You know, they're coming to you because they have something that they're in pain about or they have a desire and they know that you are gonna be the person that helps them either move away from that pain point or towards their desire. Mm. So I think getting clear on what that transformation is and actually being able to communicate that outwards rather than just relying on the tools that you've, that you've learned. 
And I think that's the other thing, you know, allowing yourself to bring your unique flair to them as well and your unique message. I know it was something that I see a lot of new coaches being really scared of doing and it's something I was scared of doing myself. But I think the sooner you can trust yourself and trust your unique way of sharing a message and also just trust your own messages and your own lessons and gifts and processes that you've worked through rather than always needing a framework I think the quicker people are going to resonate with you and want to work with you instead of other people because you've got that unique energy that you're bringing to it Mm, beautiful yeah it's so true so so true Mm. and what about the whole like scarcity mindset piece Mm. because I think a lot of people when they're starting out they always feel like well I don't have enough followers there's not enough clients I don't have enough money and there's this like there's this real fear of like there's not enough Mm -hmm. how do I do all of this yeah how can someone shift into more of an abundance mindset oh so many ways I think the first thing is just like looking around themselves right in this moment so if someone's listening and they're in that right now just taking a moment to look around you and recognize like how incredibly fortunate you already are and how abundant you already are. You know, we have an abundance of oxygen, you know, that we get to breathe. We have, you're probably listening to this on a phone. You know, you have a phone. Maybe you've even got headphones. You know, you have friends or family or people around you. We have grass and trees and ocean and all these things are abundance. It's not just money. So I think moving away from it just being money is one of the first things and recognizing how abundant you already are is one of the most amazing things that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like building upon that, being grateful for what you do have. Like I remember I would look at my bank account and I had like 20 pounds left and it wasn't even 20 pounds. It was like 20 pounds left of overdraft limit. (laughs) And I'd be like, wow, I'm so grateful for this 20 pounds. And I'd put some music on, I'd be like dancing and I'd be like, this is amazing. And I think it's just constantly leaning into the gratitude of what you do have rather than constantly focusing on what you don't have. So if you've got a hundred followers, if you actually Google what a hundred people look like, it's amazing. If you get out of the number and actually look at that as human beings all together. It's a huge amount of people. So celebrating those 100 people. And if you throw a workshop, you know, my first workshop, two people showed up. You know, it was it was tough going. And then I had to like rope in friends to come to workshops yeah. because I wouldn't sell tickets. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I made a loss on one of my very first workshops because I'd hired out the space and I didn't sell enough tickets. Like, All these things, like it's so easy to pick scarcity, but we get to choose abundance and say, Mm. wow, two people have trusted me enough to show up to this tonight and to actually spend an hour with me or two hours with me, however long it is. How incredible is that? Mm. And the more you lean into that, I think the more abundance you attract, but it becomes harder for that scarcity voice to step in as well because you just realize how abundant you already are. Mm. Yeah, totally. It's about like being grateful for what you've got rather than wishing that you had more. A hundred percent. I think once you're in that place of gratitude for what you have, you can still desire more, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not about like saying, well, you should be grateful for what you've got and don't want any more from your life. Like, yeah, I know neither of us are like on that vibe, but it's just saying like, I can be grateful and still desire more. And it just like the, my whole body drops when I say that, like the energy feels so much cleaner and clearer. Mm. And I think as well, if you are a coach or a service provider, people are going to feel that, you know, if you're in, I need you to sign up because I need to pay my rent this month. People feel that energy. Yeah. It's icky. Yeah. So icky. So icky. Whereas when you're 
do you know what? I'm already so abundant and I actually want to pour into you and support you in this journey. And this is going to be an incredible journey and a partnership. People feel that instead. So I think it's really important to, yeah, to be coming into that abundance mm. place. And speaking about money, you know, do you feel like there's still like a lot of stigma and shame around like women talking about money, talking about how much they're earning from their businesses? What's your take on all of that? I don't know, because I happily talk about it, to be honest. Like, my perspective on it is when I was in my corporate job and I had no idea what was possible, there are other avenues possible, it would have been so helpful, or it was in some instances, to know, oh my God, I could be earning that not doing this. Just like like expanding the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there probably is some stigma around it still, Um but I just, I think it's, I think when we zoom out of it being about us and recognize that it can help so many other people knowing that, mm-hmm. the more amazing it is. I would say one shift that I've noticed personally is like, I'm less interested talking about how much money I'm earning and more interested in talking about how much my clients are earning now. Mm. Like, I feel like now I'm like, I'd rather spotlight them and like the amazing things yeah. that they're doing rather than necessarily. But I know I was so grateful to the women that showcased that to me. Mm-hmm. So when I've had the opportunity to do that and say, hey, look, like you can actually do this, doing something you love, I've taken that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, it's really like women celebrating themselves and like how far they've come, especially if they come from like not having anywhere near that, you know? And I think like women have not been empowered around money for a long time. It's mm-hmm. only really like the last I want to say 50 years, but every time I go, every time I say a number, I'm like, no, I'm actually way older than I think I am. <laughs> it's only really in the last 50, 200 years that women have been able to earn yeah. proper money. But even with that, you know, I, I bring this up quite a lot, but like with VC funding, for example, so venture capitalists put money into startup businesses to support them or growing businesses as well. Um, I think it's like the stats change slightly, but it's like between one to 2% of female founded businesses is it, in terms of the funding that goes out, it's only one to two percent that goes to female-founded businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, 90, 98 to ninety-nine percent of that is still going to male-founded businesses. It's still That's such wild. a gap when it comes to money, women, business, and I think what you were saying as well. I think it's also deeper than just the money. I think having the sisterhood and friendship to celebrate each other mm-hmm. and not tear each other down mm-hmm. or not bring in jealousy. I think that's still something that is being worked through. Yeah. And everyone's got stuff to work through when it comes to their relationship with money. Mm. Right. And I bet you have so much of this. I bet you see so much of this with your clients. Mm. And I think you and I have probably both had to work through a lot of that stuff to kind of get to where we are because there's a lot of stuff around money. You know, Mm -hmm. we've heard a lot of this stuff growing up. around like money is bad money is the root of all evil Mm -hmm. and like more money more problems yeah and yet you know we're in an industry where we're seeing people make money and do like really good things in the world Mm -hmm. what was like your journey with like what did you have to overcome when it comes to when it comes to like your money mindset oh my god everything I was like (laughs) I was full on that person that had to listen to like money mantras and hypnosis like multiple times a day and work And do you know what? I'll be honest, it's still a journey in that I do find still when like the amounts are changing or things, sometimes I still have to find myself like recalibrating and and redoing some of that work or doing that work to another level to say, 
oh, okay, I'm actually feeling safe around that amount or that feels okay or this feels good or I'm open to this. Um, I had a really strong story that like, if you have money, you're a snob. And like all these, yeah. So when I went to high school, like basically I, I went to like a normal junior school. And then when I went to high school, my parents were doing much better and they were like, we want to send you to private school. We want to give you the best opportunities, which was, you know, incredibly loving of them. But I went into this private school and did not fit in. I got called, I remember telling you this the other day, I got called Scally Alley, which is basically like a chav, like a kind of like, I don't even know how to describe what a chav is, but anyway, it wasn't a term <laughs> of know, endearment. You know. <laughs> if you know, you know, it wasn't a term of endearment. And I built this story then that actually, if you have money, you are a snob. And like all these stories around it. Now, obviously, if I'm going around thinking, and this can apply to if someone's listening and they're thinking, oh, I have this story about money that if I have money, then I'm evil or I'm self-centered or whatever it may be. Yeah. If we're walking around with this story, we're not going to invite money into our life. We're going to be rejecting money because why do we want to become that negative thing, you know? Completely. I didn't want to become a snob or any of these things. So it was interesting just unpicking all these stories that I'd created and created or picked up from other people so many of them weren't even mine and actually unpicking them one by one and realizing oh I get to create my own story with money and Mm. the biggest thing that shifted for me was recognizing that money's energy you know it's not inherently good or bad now the way that people use money could be deemed good or bad but that's more about them than the money Mm -hmm. you know and like you say Mm -hmm. we're in this industry where I see people constantly doing such amazing things with their money and it's so inspiring. I think that could only be a good thing. Totally. It's funny, mm-hmm. I actually have a really similar story, but like the op- almost like the opposite way mm-hmm. because I went to a private school and I and the dance school that I went to, yeah. I was the only one at a private school. Yeah. And I got excluded from the girls at this in this dance school. Yeah. Um and the thing that they the thing that they didn't like about me was that I was posh apparently and like wow. went to a different school and so I think I internalized that to be like if I if I look like I've got money or mm-hmm. it makes me different and people then won't like me wow so you're going to be rejected by others yeah that's one of the scariest stories you can have as well because rejection from other people makes us think I mean if we really trace it back we think we're going to die yeah wow. rejection from the tribe yeah I don't fit in I don't belong how did you overcome that one how did I overcome that one? Yeah. It's been a journey for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but because um, I'm guessing that would link to like sisterhood stuff as well, you know, being rejected from a group of women as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely been like a lot of sisterhood wounds for me to overcome, mm-hmm. like along the years, like feeling like I don't fit in, feeling like I don't belong. And I think just deciding that I was OK with that was the first step, just mm-hmm. deciding, well, maybe I'm not meant to fit in. Maybe I'm meant to just, you know, figure it out by myself. And maybe these, energy. Maybe these strong. Are, yeah, I was like, maybe these are just not my people. Mm-hmm. And then I think, like, the more I evolved and the more I trusted myself on my journey, the more I kind of found my own people. Mm-hmm. And I've been really passionate about, like, creating community, creating tribes, creating yeah. sisterhood, and really including everyone, mm-hmm. you know. I think the first step is not judging yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because if you're not judging yourself, you're not going to be judging yeah. other people around you as well. So true. So good. Yeah. Mm. And you make amazing communities as well. Thank you. So I think incredible. that's why community means so much to me. Mm. Yeah. So 
So I know that manifestation also plays a huge part mm. in your business. And yeah. I want to know, what are you currently manifesting? Oh, that's a really good one. What am I currently manifesting? Um, on a really boring, practical note, a car. <laughs> Taking the dogs to the dog beach. So that's like my kind of more practical one. On a bigger level, I'm really feeling called to make more of an impact in regards to manifestation. So calling in, doing more of that work. Mm. Um, and also I really want to write a book. I wanted to write a book forever. So I feel like this is the year that I'm really going to really like dedicate myself to that and um, get out of my own way, basically. Like it's thrown up all my shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Writing a book definitely does that. Yeah. Um, so but I, I, that's part of the manifestation journey, you know? recognizing where your resistance is coming from, recognizing what limiting beliefs and what needs healing as well. I think in a good way, we're talking about that a lot more now in terms of manifestation. It's not just kind of like be sparkly and high vibe and everything's good and you'll just magically yeah. attract everything in. It's like, okay, where's all the shit coming up as well? Like, what do I need to clean out? What can I, where am I rebuilding stories, these narratives to support me around this? So mm. yeah, I would say supporting more people in manifestation, writing a book and a car. I love that. Mm. And do you have like a favorite manifestation ritual that you can share with us? Something that you're loving right now? Mm, something that I love is always like an embodied visualization. So instead of just sitting and being in a visualization, having some music on, normally something that like really pumps me up and like walking around my room as if it's already happened. So like being in that energy and being in that vibration and I'll be like dancing and cheering. I'll be crying sometimes. Mm. Sometimes there's almost like an energy of collapse as well. Like it's really interesting seeing what comes up for me around it. But just like walking around in that manifestation as if it's already happened. I got busted by my neighbors a couple of weeks ago there and it was really embarrassing. I could see both of them looking through the window into my office room being like, what is she doing? Oh. <laughs> But no, yeah, that's definitely my favorite process, like walking love. into it. Love, love, love. Mm. So Alex, something that you are loving right now? Something that I'm loving right now? Getting this time with you, babe. Getting Aww. to have this chat with you. Yeah. I mean, we do see each other every day. I know, but I haven't seen you for like two weeks. I mean, I have seen you the last two days, but bar that, I feel like it was like two weeks. So yeah. I'm loving time with you, babe. Oh, Likewise. Mm. Something that turns you on? Hmm. Women stepping into their power. Ooh, yum. Mm, yeah, like. when they're just like declaring it, you know, and just standing there and being like, this is me. I'm like, oh, yeah. Love that. Yeah. And the last time you experienced magic. Hmm. Last time I experienced magic. I know you asked these questions. So I should have thought about this. I know I spoke about this a little bit when we spoke with Sahara, but um, the retreat. I just ran a retreat in Tulum and like the only word that I can use to describe it was magic. It was pure, mm. pure magic. So yeah, I'm still feeling the ripples of that for sure. So beautiful. Mm. Well, Alex, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. Mm. Thank you so, so, so much. Is there a final message that you want to send out into the world for aspiring entrepreneurs Ooh. and coaches that are listening? Um, <laughs> keep putting one foot in front of the other. I know it doesn't sound like necessarily the most inspiring, sparkly quote, but I think on those days when it's tough, just knowing, just keeping them steps forward. And on those days where you feel good, taking big steps forward mm. is one of the most powerful things that you can do. So, yeah. Beautiful. Mm. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love you. Thank you. <laughs>
So my loves, I hope that you loved that episode. If you did, please do share it on Instagram. I would love to see your story tags of you listening to the episode. We love to hear which episodes you guys have loved the most. Please also make sure that you leave us a juicy review on Apple, iTunes or the podcast app because that means so much to me and it really helps this podcast spread far and wide. So thank you so much for listening. I love you. I hope your week is filled with love, sex and magic and I'll see you next time.